Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. For All Mankind, Season 3 just dropped. The last episode of Season 3 just dropped on Apple TV+. Plus. This is an Apple TV Plus exclusive, as all TV shows are on Apple TV+. Plus. This is a show that I absolutely love. It is an alternate future sci-fi movie. Like, basically, the pitch would be, imagine the prequel to a show like Star Trek, but it starts back in the 1960s, the 1970s, and Russia beat America to the moon, and because of that, it forced America to compete in the space race more, uh, and both countries competing to put a base on the moon. Season 3 is all about the race to Mars, uh, season three also takes place in the 90s, so each season uh, takes place in a different decade. It skips forward a decade. Uh, alternate history kind of a show. I absolutely love it. And I was, abs- I was totally looking forward to season three. Uh, you know, just every aspect of the show. I can't wait to watch another season. Can't wait for a season four. Uh, and the show, like the themes of the show, part of it is, is very much like a soap opera. They're like you you get invested in these characters, their story arcs that take that that like arc over decades. Uh, things happen in season one that pay off in season three. Uh, bad decisions. A lot of the show is about bad decisions uh, that that take time, like decisions people make in time end up coming back to they to to bite them and uh, they regret their decisions that they made uh and it's just a great show a show about humanity a a show about what it is to be a hero a show about just people thinking out of the box i mean so much of this if you ever seen the the movie apollo 13 there's the the kind of rescue mission where everything breaks on the space shuttle and and nasa has to think out of the box to try and figure out how to save these astronauts get them back home and a lot of that there is those elements in the show crazy things too like this show will will have people doing insane things but everything in the show is so grounded and so like set in in some form of reality like scientifically set in reality to where it's like they they seem so insane but like they're highly plausible the things that happen in this show um so i'm going to obviously spoil season three if you haven't watched season three of this show uh i highly recommend checking it out there's a lot of great shows on apple tv so you know, if you get a, a trial subscription, you can binge all three seasons of this. Check out Ted Lasso. Check out Severance. Uh, all great shows that are on Apple TV along with other stuff. But I will be spoiling it. So, if you don't want to be spoiled, obviously, move along. Uh, but And if you don't mind being spoiled, that's fine too. Because there's so much that happens in the show that even if you know where it goes it's the ride is so amazing uh and of course this season starts with the space the race to mars it's the race that seemingly seems to be not only just between the u.s and russia but also a private space firm called helios 
that is trying to beat them to uh, to Mars, and then also North Korea is kind of like the new the country that's part of the space race as well, which is a very interesting aspect to this this uh, season. Uh, this starts off with a basically space tourism is a thing. There is a a hotel outside in, of uh, in the orbit of the moon, and part of this which that is owned by Helios and part of this is to not that's not owned by Helios that's owned by uh Karen and the person that bought the outpost the bar they ended up franchising it and they went to expand their business into the into the space and part of that is to have this hotel and they they're having a wedding for Danny who is the son of Gordo and uh Tracy who died in the previous season the two examples of the the heroic measures people go to to kind of keep this idea keep this space travel thing afloat to save their outpost on the moon uh which was an amazing crazy heart heart wrenching end to season 2 uh the the death of Gordo and Tracy uh but their oldest son Danny uh, is now part of the space program and all that, but he's having a wedding at this hotel, which is kind of a cheesy, like the way this season starts off kind of made me feel very nervous about what is happening with the show. Uh, one, a lot of the characters, because everything jumps a decade at a time, they have to wear old people makeup. They, you know, they, they, they have to look a decade older so the the old the old timey makeup is, is kind of off putting. It takes a little while to get used to it. Eventually, you get used to it. It's not as bad as some shows. Like I'm also reviewing the uh, show Midnight Mass, a Netflix show where there's old people makeup, and that looks very noticeable. And it's played off to be not, I don't know. It, it's a weird, I haven't gotten to why that is in that show, but I think this show pulls off the old people makeup a little bit better. But also, just like the wedding, it feels very, like, one, the reception is, like, well-lit. Like, everything, like, it, it, the lighting of this hotel, space hotel wedding doesn't seem like the lighting you would have at a wedding reception. They're doing things like the limbo. It just seemed very cheesy. It seemed very cheesy, and I was very nervous with the direction the show was possibly taking. Thankfully... It, it gets past that. It gets more grounded and feels more real. But they are at a point where the science fiction aspect of the show is starting to take over. You're seeing aspects of like the science fiction designs of spaceships, especially with the Helios design, uh, versus like the more industrial look of the government's you know, the different governments, the U.S. government or the Russian government space shuttles. So you're seeing kind of that sci-fi look start to bleed into this. You're starting to, to see that kind of sci-fi feel as opposed to it just being more of a show about space travel in like the 70s and 80s. Um, it, it's, it's a weird mix in this season. But aside from that, it was... It, once it gets going, and even the, the end of the first episode where uh, shit goes bad at the hotel and Danny has to 
save everybody that's on the hotel that's there. You know, Ed Baldwin's there with his new wife. Karen's there with her new husband. Uh, you know, you have a bunch of people that were invited to this wedding. And, it, it you know, it starts the show off with the nail biter where everybody's potentially going to die. You also have uh, uh, Daniel Poole, who's the, who ends up being the commander to Mars. Like, it, it starts off at a stressful tone with that, that first episode, um, which helped kind of distract from the old age makeup and the unrealistic depiction of a wedding <laughs> like it just it just felt like what are we doing here it felt like it really felt like the show took a turn for the worst but thankfully it gets out of that and the storylines are so amazing not only just the race to to mars but you have the aspect of helium 3 this new fuel that is discovered on on the moon that's putting people out of jobs on on earth like the coal industry and the fossil fuel industry and all those things that we're kind of dealing with now these old fuel industries that are obsolete in a lot of ways you know and then we have politicians trying to hold us back from progress uh where this show is kind of tackling that idea in in its own way with this helium three which is based on a real thing apparently at the very end of the entire series there after the credits there is like a post-credit thing with Margot, but the actress ren schmidt uh talking about helium three and how nuclear fission is a, a potential reality and that the moon has a bunch of this stuff it's just we don't have the technology. We haven't figured out a way to produce it efficiently yet. But once we do, it will be able to provide power for not only the for not only Earth, but also other planets like Mars. So it's like the fact that this show is doing things that feel based in reality add to my joy of the show. So you have the helium three being the dominant fuel this season also tackles conspiracy theories like you have jimmy the son of gordo and and stacy the younger son who is bitter and and hates the fact and he hasn't gotten over the fact that his parents died for the nasa space program and he gets kind of sucked into this group of people who don't believe they think that Everything that happened on the moon base was just a made-up story. There's one of the guys who was one of the military guys on the moon, but he wasn't actually there when Jamestown was being invaded by the Russians. He was at the mining site. So it's like he adds a level of like authenticity to his story with the fact that he was on the moon. But the whole thing is that he doesn't believe his fellow soldiers would have allowed the Russians to shoot him in the back. Like, the aspect of conspiracy theories that we deal with in reality today, where it's like, they take real-life situations, but the conclusions they draw, the, the string that they attach to those things to, to justify what happened versus what, you know, what we know versus what we think we know is fictional and it's just they write their own things based on 
whatever narrative they that that suits their their agenda and part of that the way that conspiracy is handled in this season uh i really appreciate i thought it it handled it really well obviously it goes to a conclusion that was horrible it goes to a conclusion that a lot of conspiracy theories seem to be going in our reality today where they get violent where you see domestic terrorists acting based upon the knowledge that they've gathered from conspiracy theorists for instance alex jones recently like admitted in court under oath that he lied about the sandy hook thing being crisis actors but because of his conspiracy theories that he pushes on his show real live parents that lost their kids during a mass shooting were being harassed constantly having their lives threatened constantly by alex jones fans based on his conspiracy theories as one example and there's many examples of that we saw the terrorist attack on the the fbi building in 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 uh, uh the fbi agents in uh ohio because of the trump raid right we're seeing these these conspiracy theories uh, radicalize people and in this show you see how that you see how it can how people can believe it how you know easily it can be believed it's like well we have a guy that was on the moon he was there of course he would know but he wasn't really there he wasn't at the space he just knows that americans would never be shot in the back like how could they it's not like the guy was looking through a porthole at a famous astronaut that was stuck in a thing while they're being, you know, attacked. And that's why he was shot in the back. Like, there are plausible reasons why somebody would be shot in the back. And they don't believe that, like, that, that the Stevens, they wrap themselves in duct tape. And it's like, as the audience of the show, we know what happened at Jamestown. We saw what happened. We saw why he got shot in the back. We saw them actually sacrifice their lives and it's believable when we saw it it was heart-wrenching when we saw gordo and stacy uh and tracy risk they sacrifice their lives to stop the this nuclear core from melting down and we saw why it was there we saw like we like we saw the reality of that situation so now that we are in season three and we're getting the perspective of the conspiracy theorists like well yeah there's there's like definitely a lot of aspects of truth to the things and how unbelievable certain things are, but their, their reasoning and their excuses for those things being a reality are completely fictional. And it doesn't help that in this world there were movies based on what happened at Jamestown, which is another aspect of the show that I absolutely love. Like each season starts with like this fictional newsreel of things that have happened in life. Like in this reality, Michael Jordan was actually drafted to the Trailblazers instead of being drafted, what, like second or third to the Bulls. Like the, the alternate history that, that kind of catches you up on what reality we're living in is kind of crazy. Uh, we, have, uh, we have Ellen running for president in the beginning against in against clinton she's a republican and she ends up beating clinton like that storyline with ellen in this season is crazy 
because not only is she a closeted homosexual woman who's married to a closeted homosexual man, and they are both elected, well, she's elected on the Republican ticket, and she's having to keep that, like, out of all of the progressive things that have happened in society through the show, like, gay rights is still as demonized as Republicans would like it to be demonized now. Like, the fact that she can't be out as a gay president is crazy, despite the fact that they, the technology and society has progressed in a lot of other ways. So it's kind of, it's kind of an interesting comparison to, like, how society was able to progress so much in one way and in so many other ways still held back. Just basic societal freedoms is held back. And how the one of the astronauts that goes to Mars comes out and how that causes a big stir and how it almost forces Ellen to come out herself, which is a, an amazing, like, a, as part of that storyline that goes through season three, I'm excited to see what happens in season four because part of that, her coming out, was knowing that, like, the democratic the democrats would not would be on her side and that because of that she probably wouldn't be impeached so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out in season four to see like it it will probably i would imagine play out in a way where she switches parties and she becomes like she gets she somehow gets reelected, but under the democrat it, it like it, that whole storyline could be done in a very interesting way. And I'm glad they actually dealt with it because it's like definitely something that has been part of the show throughout her keeping that a secret and finally letting that like open, like being honest about it is and being able to live her true self and honest self is it, like it's something that like has been kept literally in the closet since or i guess figuratively in the closet since season one and finally now decades later uh she's finally able to like it's it's like refreshing to see that that kind of character arc you also see in season three which i love how Margot had her issue with her mentor in season one because he was part of the nazi you know missile program and then came and worked for for nasa and you've seen how Margot has been corrupted working with sergey in the last season where russia and the u.s are trying to do this thing there's a lot of conflict there uh and they finally you know come together to do that handshake in space which was an amazing aspect of season two but you're seeing how it's almost like showing a prequel to how somebody could be corrupted by taking just these small steps in trying to do a good thing initially to try and make that handshake happen, but then also bond like forming a friendship and a relationship with Sergey and how that could just snowball into a situation where it's like, she can't get out of it. And it's also interesting how in season three, her Margot being the mentor of Alita and Alita discovering that somebody has copied the, the United States nuclear rocket 
design and her trying to track that down the the most of the season and then finding out that it's her mentor it's 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 very much a similar a mirrored situation of season one with Margot and her mentor as Alita is with Margot and it's it's amazing to see that come back around to for Margot to be the one that was corrupted and to be the one that kind of helped the enemy and for her mentee to discover that and like an interesting thing for like you know just Margot's character in general like who's been a great character like being the the person seeing all of these characters kind of rise and seeing their their journey throughout these seasons is pretty awesome to watch but to see that kind of reflected in that and to see how now Margot is dealing with an FBI investigation and is potentially going to lose everything in the same way that her mentor did. I thought that was amazing. Let's take a little break from the Ray Taylor Show to promote my live art streams. That's right, I am an artist as well as a podcaster, and I paint live every Thursday at 4.20 Pacific Time. Head on over, the best place ever for streaming, youtube.com slash inspired disorder. That's right, every Thursday at 4.20, you can watch me paint the many faces. Every week, I paint seven new faces of abstract portraits, ink on paper, and you can watch that happen. You can hang out with me while I listen to a classic episode from one of my favorite podcasts. Head on over to youtube.com slash inspired disorder and check it out. Say hi. Let's hang out. Let's have some fun. Let's paint some faces. Now let's get back to the show. You also have in this season, one of the most unhinged characters. Like if you thought Gordo was unhinged in season two, his son, Danny, in season three is a whole new version of Unhinged. Like there is this, these stories that characters keep referencing that Danny, after, his, after being denied, like he had this little love affair with Karen, with uh, Ed Baldwin's wife, uh, you know, at the restaurant, him working at the restaurant, and then like her kind of breaking that off and then this downward spiral that Danny had in between season two and season three and how in season three he's kind of seemingly got his shit together. He's married, got a kid on the way, all this stuff. But you see how he's still unhinged. The Both of those kids have massive problems. You have Jimmy going into domestic terrorist land and conspiracy theory land. And then you have Danny being like just still having those addictive qualities and having those same problems that apparently he had before. And also you're seeing how Ed Baldwin's decisions to like keep to like select Danny as like his co-pilot to bring him along on the team, not knowing that Danny is one completely unhinged, but also the guy who broke up his marriage like he was the other guy which throughout this season it almost gets to that point where Danny's about to tell him but Danny has plenty of other things to confess to throughout this season so we never actually 
Actually, I think he does towards the end. Yes, he does right towards. The, no, that that's he still doesn't do it. I can't remember because he Danny during this thing when he's doing he's going down the the rabbit hole of self destruction again. He's responsible for their the drilling mishap. And when they're trying to decide on who or he wants to be the pilot that launches Ed Baldwin's daughter to the to Phoenix, like I think he just admits to being the one responsible for I don't think he ever I don't think he ever uh, confesses to being the other dude. Uh, he's got it's like a guy like one of the most like hated like I hated Danny. I hated Danny. Like when he got the password for to to look at everybody's voicemails and he was spying on Ed and Karen's communications to each other, the way he treated the tech guy who ends up getting blamed for Danny's complete like l lack of focus and and like actively allowing the drill to explode and kill multiple people and cause a massive avalanche like that whole like that whole situation was insane and how that ends up at the end of this season where he gets banished to the korean shuttle is kind of like kind of great because there are moments of danny where he's trying to redeem himself he's trying to do the right thing but like he has so he's done so much damage so much damage and he's so dangerous that it it kind of does make sense that he gets banished at the end of the season but you want to talk about a character that's just like just his presence is so stressful it's crazy you have kelly uh ed baldwin's daughter end up being part of the nasa mission to mars but in all it's it's great to see how all the different missions to mars once they get there they all kind of it's so much different than the the moon mission from last season where you had conflict between russia and the u.s on mars they are so far away and there's like they are so like just detached from everything that it's it's great to see how they all come together as like a family and even still as a family like they're they're most dangerous person even in a community of like 10 people i don't know how many people end up being on mars at the end of the season but there's still like a need to separate the dangerous people being danny from everything but then also kelly's pregnancy and how this season ends with with how they get her to the medical services that she needs on phoenix is insane but i love that she's one of the characters there i love she's like this voice of reason for science and it's like not willing to just go along with what the 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 capitalist helios crew and 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 russian crew want to just bypass making sure that there's no actual life in the water and all this kind of stuff i really enjoy her character uh the helios addition to this with dev 
and Karen being part of that team and how Dev buys the the rocket propulsion stuff from from uh, the failed space hotel and how Karen gets roped in to kind of be the recruiter and how Dev gets kicked out. But I also love how Helios is the the part of this whole show that redesigns space like this the controls and things to be you know custom for the pilots and that is where we're seeing kind of the more traditional sci-fi space design look so it's it's cool to see kind of how that arc how all of these things kind of get birthed out of different things how these how these uh you know, sci-fi tropes and sci-fi things kind of come to be in this, what is it ostensibly like a prequel to the majority of sci-fi shows, you know, how did it all start? Why did like the Star Trek, uh, you know, main deck look like that? Like that's what the, the control room in the Helios, their, their, their different control rooms. That's why they look so futuristic. Uh, which is great. I, I, I love that aspect of it. Uh, what else? You have um, Ed getting, like, thinking he's going to be the commander to Mars and then, you know, realizing that Molly kind of just overstepped her bounds. Molly getting booted from NASA. Ed losing the command to, to Mars, but then getting picked up by Helios. And even when they're on this race... And they are trying to be, he's trying to be the first. He wasn't able to be the first to the moon. And in his attempt to be the first to Mars, backs out because of Danny and loses Mars. Although it would have been lost anyway, because they find out that the Koreans were the first to Mars regardless, which is a hilarious thing at the end of this season where we see that, oh, the Koreans... When they launched their probe, there, it was a manned probe, and they just didn't tell anybody in case it failed. And so North Korea was the first to Mars. And like, just a very small sprinkling of humor in this show that is so much like a sci-fi, melodrama, soap opera, action kind of a, a, a show. It's that little sprinkling of like, oh, we, like, we were competing. We had all lost... All three of us had already lost. But yeah, Ed losing Mars, or being the second, uh, technically the third to Mars. You have uh, the him being the, the one to catapult his daughter to Phoenix for the medical thing, and being kind of the perfect guy to do it, being a test pilot. And, and surviving like when I when you see him walk away from that last mission that last part of this this season it is like one of the many times I am like cheering this is a show because it really shows like what real heroes are and people that really put things on the line like there's so much cheering that goes on and when I saw him survive because he's one of my favorite character one of my favorite characters is Ed and to see him walk away from that i was such i was so cheering that whole thing uh alita her arc in this entire show is amazing being this girl who who's like an immigrant whose whose dad 
gave up everything to get her to to Texas to go to school and to to learn engineering and all this stuff and then to, for her to have the mentor in Margot and then eventually get hired by NASA and like her additions the things that she did to help with NASA in the last season and then to see her bond with Bill Peanut uh, from the last season and to see that friendship in this this season uh, to see her get a chance to go to the moon even though it felt like kind of a random aspect to the season just like she's just at the moon for like a scene and then she's back on earth but it's still cool that she that kind of her her like you want to talk about out of these characters to have an interesting life story for somebody to be an immigrant to end up working for NASA and to end up going to the moon to help tweak some engine design stuff that they were having with their new engines. Pretty amazing. And then even to, for her to start discovering that her mentor has been working with the Russians and to like, think that at the end of this season that potentially her mentor is dead which was a crazy kind of turn at the very end where you realize that we're you know at the end of every season we're given a glimpse of the next season right so at the end of this season we're given a glimpse of 2003 and we're given a glimpse of somebody waking up which every season I don't know if every season, but at least the the last season starts with Margot's like morning routine, waking up, getting ready for work. And in this season, because the show makes you think that she's she died in the the terrorist bombing, I thought it was I thought it was going to be Molly, who was this blind hero saving people from the NASA building after the bomb, which was an amazing scene to to end this season i thought it was molly getting ready like oh she's the new director of nasa but it wasn't that it's like this great turn where you find out that margo's alive but in russia and it's like oh man so she bounced before the bomb and everybody i would assume thinks like she almost got away clean aside from having to live in russia now working for the russians and that's obviously going to come back around in the next season but it was such a great turn where like oh shit she's still alive but for for alita to think she's she's dead it's just is uh is kind of crazy let's take a little break from the show to promote the many faces that's right i am also an artist i do ink paintings on paper of abstract faces a new face, a new painting gets released every single day over at InspiredDisorder.com. So head on over to my website to purchase original artwork directly from the artist. Also, there are prints available for select images. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com, buy original art, buy prints if that's your jam, if you want 8 by 10 prints on high quality paper also if you're looking to wear some art there are shirts available with original artwork by myself select faces from the many faces are also available in t-shirt form you go to inspiredisorder.com you buy original artwork you buy prints you buy shirts you're supporting an artist 
directly. And if you're the type of person that likes to invest in NFTs, there are also NFTs available for select faces. Go to InspiredDisorder.com now. And now let's get back to the show. The Jamestown conspiracy aspect of the show was, was crazy. And like to see where it goes with the bomb, it's like, oh, no. That like the way that looks when the bomb goes off reminded me exactly of the Oklahoma City bombing. Like just the way the building looked, how like it, it had taken a big chunk out of that side of the building. It's just like it just so reminiscent. And I'm sure like visually they wanted it to to look that way. Like they're the one thing I love about the show is that even though it's an alternate history, you still have things that happened like the the Cuban Missile Crisis type of a thing was kind of similar. I guess that this this takes place after that. But there's things that happened in real history that are that are kind of referenced at through this alternate history. And that bombing scene uh, was definitely visually uh, reminiscent of that Oklahoma City bombing. Um, Helios, the private company forcing everybody to go uh, two years sooner and ending up being the kind of lifeboat for Mars, where it's like everybody else landed on Mars except for the Helios thing who has this orbiting thing. So on Mars, there's like two groups of people that are there. There's the people that are in the Helios, the, the Phoenix that are orbiting Mars where Kaylee went to go deliver her baby, the Mars baby, the first Martian. Uh, and then the people that are on the ground, it's kind of it, like how that sets up is, is pretty amazing. Um, And how just, you know, dev gets kicked out. Kind of reminiscent of, like, Apple in in some ways. Maybe, like, dev comes back. Similar to, like, uh, Steve Jobs, how he got kicked out of Apple. And then he came back to, to bring the company from the brink of bankruptcy. So I could see that being one of those mirrored kind of reality versus fiction type of things that the show does. Uh, you also saw how they had these these like these governors for the controls where Ed, you know, Ed wants to disobey orders. And he's not able to because the software he gets locked out of the software. But then they're able to get around that. But just that that kind of extra hurdle they have where he's not really in control. But then. Towards the end, you see that, like, oh, like, all of them are, like, disobeying orders. Like, all these people on Mars, like, you, from the, the astronaut that comes out, you have Ed saying, like, no, we're going to, like, y all of the things that they, they try and tell them, like, oh, we need to go back home. We need to abort these. Like, no, we're doing all these things. It doesn't matter what you say. Uh, let's see, what else? North Korea first to Mars, which is all kind of crazy, and they all become a family at the end, which I, I you know, I love that. Um, yeah. The like after the the terrorist bombing, and you see Molly Cobb, like starting just taking people survivors out of the thing, 
it's just like such like one of many examples of how this show portrays heroics and heroes and showing how like that is her character like it's not at all out of character for her to act the way she did after that bombing like all of these characters are so well written and the fact that they're like their arcs are over decades it makes complete sense makes complete sense so i absolutely love this season i love where it went despite the fact that it started and i was a little hesitant the super cheesy wedding the obvious you know old person makeup to make everybody look old thankfully the cheesiness kind of went away pretty quick that was just kind of a a one-off type of a, a thing the old person makeup you got really used to it i think it i think it works actually i think it works better than a lot of shows try and do old people makeup and i just can't wait to see what happens 2003 you know there's going to be probably more development on mars you know we're going to see what kind of i'm sure there will be references to kind of how things went on Mars as far as you know them trying to set up and establish you know one establish food to eat kind of just a way to exist on Mars and it'll be interesting to see just the how there's two separate communities there's like the space community that's in orbit and then there's the the community that's on Mars and to see what they do, I'm sure it's going to be an even bigger jump into more of that sci-fi feel where this felt like definitely a blending. This was the first season where you clearly saw a lot of the influences of, of you know, mainstream sci-fi movies and TV shows really coming to life in this show. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love the show. I can't wait to see what happens next season. Uh, like same thing with severance. Like I wish season four was here right now, like having to wait. I mean, it's going to be a long wait. These are like hour long episodes, 10 hour long episodes. I don't know how, and I'm sure the pandemic slowed down production for this season, but it's like, I got to wait like two more years before there's another for all mankind season. I got to wait that long, but as long as they keep making the show, like, I want to see, because they're at 2003, so then just a few more seasons, and they're going to be in the future. I mean, the technology is already going to be in the future. The technology already is. not That's another aspect of this, this season. We start to see a lot of technology that we have today, like video calling, uh, cell phones, like really showing up electric cars are pretty pretty basic i mean ed in this in this season has an electric car which is funny because he was talking shit about an astronaut who had an electric car in season one or season two maybe and just seeing how the all this technology the helium three which is something that could literally be part of i just read an article today yesterday about uh, one of a, a university finding a, a way to successfully create nuclear fusion 
which if that's true, then we could potentially be using helium three in the near future as a fuel source. But that remains to be seen. But I do love seeing the kind of advancements in technology, which come from space come from the fact that they're trying to design all these technologies to get into deeper and deeper space and how when you have that kind of development and research that bleeds into all of society so i appreciate all that too but anyway i highly recommend checking it out one of the best shows on tv like it it, it touches on all of the emotions it, it makes you cry it makes you nervous makes you stressed out makes you cheer makes you stand up and cheer these heroes it sh i i would say very accurately depicts uh conspiracy theorists and how easily conspiracy theories uh can be created out of you know just a few morsels of truth and then wrapped in a fictional narrative to string them together uh but anyway highly recommend checking it out for all mankind season three New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.